Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. The off-season podcasts begin. Welcome to the show. It is Monday, January 4th. I'm Adam Azer, joined by Dave Richard, Chris Towers, and the biggest sandwich in the industry, J.B. Eisenberg. Good to talk oh, to you again, Jamie. I love your sandwich. <laughs> I don't know how to interpret that. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. That was a weird one. Uh, I feel like I missed something. That's really sandwich weird. Yeah, yeah. You did miss some. You could listen to 10 minutes of me ranting last night and replacing profanities with the word sandwich, which was Jamie's ah, okay. suggestion. It became fun. <laughs> it's it became a brilliant fun. suggestion. Yeah. Uh, so let me start by getting your quick NFL playoff thoughts. Dave Rich, I'm going to throw it to you. Just like yeah. talk to me about the playoffs. Go. Uh, well, the Giants aren't in it. Sorry. Uh, okay. There's one Dave, game that Chris, you can go now. No, go ahead, Dave. You can finish your stupid. Thought. There's only one game that excites me, and that's that Titans Ravens game. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And even then, I expect Baltimore to pull it out. I'm going to watch every game. It's going to be cool to have two triple headers. Uh, going to be busy this weekend, honey. Yeah. Sorry, we can't go out. Yeah, I can't get stuff done around the house. <laughs> that's the only game. I'm not Cleveland Pittsburgh. All right, Chris, I'll no. go to you. Uh, what, what are your playoff thoughts? Yeah, I think Cleveland Pittsburgh should be. Uh, a pretty fun one. It, you know, there's always one game every year where some team that we don't really think has a chance to win uh, pulls one out. I think last year it was probably the Titans twice. So yeah. uh, maybe they'll do that again. But, you know, the, Washington and Chicago both have a chance uh, this year because somehow two 500 or below teams made the playoffs in the NFC. Hmm. And a good thing we're going to see Alvin Kamara, Ho- hopefully, hopefully, because their game is on Sunday. Jamie, give me a, a round one upset. If you think it ha- it could happen, it would be which one? In terms of seating or in terms of point spread? Well, I haven't looked at the point spread, but let's do spread. Uh, point spread upset that could happen would be the Browns beating the Steelers. That would be a four-point spread. New Orleans by nine and a half. Uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, three and a half. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Tampa Bay at minus eight Colts are mm. the bills minus seven. And if golf play, well, Walford, I guess was okay, but, uh, Rams yeah, Seahawks yeah. to be close four and a half points is the spread there. Seattle is favored. Seattle. Yeah. Seattle's not super inspiring right now, I suppose. Okay. Well, we got, uh, we got a big, busy show today. We got a great show for you tonight. We've got our award nominations. Next Tuesday, we're actually going to give out the awards. Ben Trager, I assume we're going to let people vote for these on Facebook? Yeah, they'll all be posted in the Facebook group. So we'll do our nominations today and let the fans decide. Great. Love it. We're going to nominate for the awards today. Biggest bust, best waiver wire ad, MVP, all those things. And we're going to give you a uh, few players who gave us something to think about going into 2021 for Week 17. To the news and notes, um, well, in Week 17, sorry. Uh, the news and notes, the Jets fired Adam Gase, Doug Peterson. Yeah. Doug Peterson said he was coaching to win. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville fired Doug Marone. Not shocking. Mike Evans left with a leg injury and he became the first wide receiver with a thousand yards in each of his first seven seasons. Good for him and no structural damage. So hopefully we'll see him back sooner rather than later. T. Higgins left with an injury. Austin Eckler concussion. Kyler Murray left with an ankle injury. He came back. Ezekiel Elliott hurt his leg, but he came back. He just wasn't healthy, though. Um, On NFL Red Zone, they said that Sunday, Week 17, was the highest-scoring episode ever in Red Zone history. And, Chris, you said this was the highest-scoring season in NFL history, right? 
Yeah, the 12,692 points were scored this season. The previous high was 2018 when 11,952 were scored. So more than 700 more points in 2020 than any season in NFL history. And it was the highest in points per game. Wild stuff. Fun stuff, too. Uh, I wonder if that's going to correlate with fantasy points per game. You know, we always have the top 12 average per position. I haven't figured that out yet. It won't take me long to figure out, but I wonder if that's up across the board. It's got to be for quarterback, but I wonder if that's up across the board. I would guess quarterback and wide receiver it will be. Yeah. uh, Yes. Right. We we did this uh, a few weeks ago on one of the Monday shows and it's like number 12 this year versus number 12 last year may not have been that big of a difference, but you know, number five probably was the elite players were just so good this year, especially a quarterback. There was, yeah. there, I just did this on writing up our top 12 quarterbacks for 2021 of the early rankings that we submitted. And there are 11 quarterbacks that average at least 24 fantasy points this season. I would imagine that's probably the most ever. That's a lot of points. <laughs> okay. Some, uh, some five star impressive, uh, impressive, Marks, Lamar Jackson rushed for a you know thousand yards one? again. What? You know, his number one in points per game with at least five starts. Oh, I know who it is. If it's at least five starts. Yeah. I'm going to say Alan Rogers, Aaron Rogers. Nope. Dak Prescott by 0. Oh. 0. 0.7. Points. Oh. <laughs> um, Lamar Jackson rushed for a thousand yards again. Derek Henry rushed for 2000 yards and Justin Jefferson set a record. Most receiving yards by a rookie in the Super Bowl era. And Jefferson finished as the number six wide receiver in non-PPR, number seven in PPR, 1,400 yards. Let's reflect on Justin Jefferson's incredible season. Jamie, uh, the best rookie season ever. Now, he just beat Anquan Bolden's record, and you could argue that Bolden's best season of his career was uh, his rookie year. But he also had an amazing career. So... How, how, you know, how does it go wrong for Justin Jefferson? He was only, I think, 16th in targets among wide receivers. But um, what a year. And what does that mean going forward? Well, first off, kudos to you because, you know, you were very high on him this offseason. So good job by you. I wish you would have stuck by it. Got as lucky. Opposed to only bullying you into <laughs> uh, backing off that. But um, he was awesome. What could go wrong for him? Uh, a better defense in Minnesota and Mike Zimmer being stubborn. Um you know, I, I think you're clearly seeing Adam Thielen's decline, you know, slowly, but decline um, in terms of where he was a couple of years ago at his peak to where he is now. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns. That's obviously fantastic. But his overall play is not the same. But, you know, if if Mike Zimmer has his way, you know, they don't want to throw the ball a lot. So I think that's the only thing that could potentially hinder his production continuing to be on this level or increasing. Um, but he could still be a very serviceable, if not above average fantasy wide receiver. And he's going to be drafted as such. Is he a second round pick? No. Hmm. No, no, No. I don't think so. I don't think he will be. I think round three will be the soonest. You'll see Justin Jefferson. He's definitely going to be a round three, round three at the latest, but. And there's going to be some amazing round three picks round four too. It's we've got, we've got a treat coming next year. Is You'll he, see. Is We're going to do a mock draft soon. Is he a top 12 wide receiver? Yes. Yeah, I think he should be across the board. Okay, but didn't make your top 24. I think we're revealing our top 12. Maybe we'll stretch it to top 24 on tomorrow's show. Three times a week during the offseason. So that's going to be most likely it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And the later in the week, we'll, we'll preview the games, the upcoming games for the weekend. Um, you know, way, the top 12 wide receivers did outscore the top 12 in 2019 by one point per game. The top 12 quarterbacks outscored the top 12 in 2019 by two and a half points per game. Yeah, I just did the math on that. It's like 25.3 points per game for the top 12 quarterbacks. Mm. It's a lot. <laughs> and if you look at tight end, the number three tight end is crap. <laughs> tight end was the tight end was the one tight end was somehow they didn't get the message that it was 2020. They got stuck in like 2007 this year. Something like that. Uh, Chris, let me ask you about Austin Eckler. So he left sure. with a concussion and I know you're very high on him. You have him ahead of Derek Henry in your PPR rankings for next season. But do you think that like we also saw nobody's going to really remember this, but Kalen Balaj got a goal line touchdown in week 17. And that happened a few weeks ago as well. Um, do you think that two injuries this year, including a week 17 concussion might mean they are not going to trust him with a 
full enough. Obviously, not getting like a full workload in terms of carries. But uh, do you think his they could limit his carries enough and his touchdowns enough in turn uh, to really hurt his value? It's entirely possible, but like I don't really. I have him projected for 189 carries and 78 catches next season. I'm pretty sure that would give him the fewest touches among anyone in the top 12 at running back by probably at least 20 or 30. Uh, He's such an efficient playmaker. He's such an efficient rusher. He's such an efficient receiver uh, that he can afford to have a smaller role. Maybe we'll get to the start of the 2021 season and they'll have either really talked up Justin Jackson or Kalen Balazs or, but you know, we've seen all these guys play. We've seen Joshua Kelly play. None of them really looks like someone that you want to give extra work to, to take away from Eckler. Eckler has been so good that it really is only a question of, can he hold up to it? And I don't know if kind of a freak hamstring injury in week four, and then a concussion, like those things happen. You know, I I don't think the the Panthers are going to restrict Christian McCaffrey usage. No, uh, Eckler's Eckler's a little, Eckler's a little dude though. Sure. He's small, but he's very stout. Um, And he hasn't really had a ton of injury concerns before this. You know, he had missed two games in his career before 2020. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about that. Maybe I can be talked into moving him a little lower. I do have him uh, fifth in PPR and there's kind of a, a glut between him and number nine. So it's possible I could move him down. Sure. Dave is there's Austin- a whole lot of ball game left though. We don't know who his coach is going to be, yeah. who his play caller is going to yeah. be, if they add another running back at any point in the next five months. So there's, there's a lot that has to shake out here. All right, Dave, we're doing a mock draft. I think tomorrow and every day for the rest of our lives. Uh, are, <laughs> <laughs> is he a no doubt about it first-round pick in PPR, Austin Eckler? Uh, no, I don't have him as a first-round pick in PPR, but I do have him as a top-20 pick. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, Ben Schrager, are you there? Yeah, what's up? Slack's not working. I don't know what you want me to promote today. Oh, Slack is down. Yeah. Oh, Slack is down. Oh, I guess I'm doing the playoff pick em read. Yeah. The playoffs are here. Oh, cool. Second year in a row. Yeah. <laughs> second year in a row, we're giving away money. The, actually, this, is, this is not the second year in a row that the playoffs are here. They've been here considerably longer than that. Well, we're giving away $5,000 <laughs> for the second year in a row. Oh. Ah, that's pretty good. In the playoff pick em, whether you want to pick the games for cash, compete against your friends, we have you covered two easy ways to play. First is the playoff challenge where you can win the 5,000. Just make your picks. Pick the winners and the champ and the champ walks away with 5,000. Second, you can get your friends, family, coworkers, anybody who loves football, have a fully customizable player pool, a little private pool, play for your own stakes. You'll be in full control of any of the options you want. Playoff pick them totally free. CBSSports.com slash playoff or download the CBS Sports app now. Start your pool. Play for $5,000. Awesome. I'm in. All right. Let's turn our attention to players who gave us something to think about going into 2021. This was based on their either late season or their week 17 performances. Jamie, two players who yeah made, gave you something to think about going into 2021. One will definitely be with his team. The other one, I don't know yet. Uh, the first one is LaVisca Chenault. I'm very excited, obviously, about the quarterback situation coming to Jacksonville. And I think it's pretty clear he's going to be one of their top three wide receivers. I do think there's a chance that they add another one to the mix. Uh, but if they stick with the group that they have with DJ Chark, Colin Johnson, and LaVisca Chenault being their top three guys, then I think there's an opportunity here for him to be very successful. You saw what he could do as the lead guy with a terrible quarterback situation because Mike Lennon stinks. Uh, and so Chenault, you know, put on a show in week 17, and I hope that carries over to a strong sophomore season in 2021 with a better quarterback and hopefully better coach. Uh, the other is Antonio Brown. And I think he's kind of shown us he can still play. Wow. And, uh, wow. Thievery. You stole it from Chris. You stole one of Chris's guys. Oh, I'm sorry. That is a, such a sandwich move right there. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know where Antonio Brown's playing mm-hmm. next year. I don't know how he's going to finish this year, but it was uh, it, it, it's it's kind of been fun to watch. You know him uh, prove that he can still play in this in this league, uh, that he's not you know old and washed up, and that he can still be a difference maker when the targets are there for him. So um, curious to see what happens to him this offseason. Both of these guys took advantage of 
you know, Chark being out and then Evans getting hurt when they both finished. I think they both had two touchdown games in week 17. Chris, what did you want to say about Antonio Brown? Uh, mostly the same thing. It was frustrating. I think this season because he was added to a team that really there, there was no point in, in them adding him. It just kind of created a, an even bigger mess than what was already there. But, you know, whether he returns to Tampa Bay and, and my preference would be that he doesn't or, you know, whether he signs somewhere else and, and, you know, preferably somewhere where he's not taking away targets from two other elite wide receivers. He has more left in the tank than I would have thought. And definitely more than I did think. And if he lands in the right spot, he could be a, an intriguing option next season. Well, he could stay in Tampa Bay and they can move on from Chris Godwin, which would be interesting if they decide to go that route. So we'll see what happens there. They could get rid of Godwin and then sign Julian Edelman when he's a free agent because the Patriots could cut <laughs> him. And then it's the full-blown Brady reunion show. There you go. Uh, by the, by the way, Chris giving me a note uh, that Zach Ertz said, um, he said his time in Philly, quote, was the best experience I've ever had and that there's nothing he would change. Does it sounds as if he feels as if he's moving on, but we uh, we'll see. Maybe Antonio Brown ends up in Philly. What would you guys think about that? They need a wide receiver. They need a quarterback too. Maybe they have their quarterback. Which I one? think he's one of the guys that I think. We're think a lot it's obviously Nate Sudfeld. I mean, he was playing in, in crunch time <laughs> yesterday. The li- the likely destination for him if he doesn't go to Tampa is probably going to be Seattle. That makes sense. Maybe yeah. Baltimore. Okay, let's well, talk if about Seattle sh- had the chance to get him, and if Baltimore had the chance to get him this year, what changes that we don't know if he wanted to get him next year? No, we 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 could we could uh, we, he could have wanted to just go to bread with Brady and Tampa. Sure, and maybe they weren't sure if he was still the same player. I'm answering my own question now, but Brown's really shown in the last couple of weeks that he's still pretty good, just like you said. Let's wrap up these two players, uh, Chenault. Would you guys uh, rather, if you're drafting tomorrow, which we are, and every day after, would you rather have Chenault or Michael Pittman right now? Chenault. I think I'm going to say Chenault. I feel better about the quarterback situation in 2021 in Jacksonville. We We don't know the quarterback in Indianapolis. Wentz. Wentz. Uh, That's what makes the most sense. Get him. Wentz makes sense. Wentz makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but if Rivers wants to come back and they make a playoff run, Rivers is going to be the quarterback of Colts. Yeah, probably. Okay, moving on to, we'll go to Chris's players since we already knocked out one of them. Antonio Brown being one and J.K. Dobbins, the other, in the last six games of the season. Well, it was seven weeks. It was six games for him. He missed one with the being on the COVID list. He ended up as uh, the number 10 running back per game. That can't be right. Yeah, I think it was. Number 10 per game. Um, and number 11 per game in PPR, but basically top 10 in both. He was like practically tied for 10th. In that six-game stretch for him, he was on pace for 205 carries, 1,320 yards, 19 touchdowns, and eight catches. He averaged well over, he averaged 6.4 yards per carry down the stretch, and he scored in every game. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, he does give us a lot to think about, and we do, we will see more of him, obviously, at least one more game, but he's giving us a lot to think about right now with a strong finish. There are going to be some vicious fights in the fantasy football world over J.K. Dobbins' 2021 value, because I think there are going to be some people who, I, I think uh, Frank Stample, who you know hosts Fantasy Baseball Today, has I think he's appeared on FFT as well. Um, Oh, sure. He posted a poll yesterday. Where are you drafting J.K. Dobbins yesterday? This was right after the 87-yard touchdown run or whatever it was. Where are you drafting J.K. Dobbins in 2021? First round, second round, or I'm not going to get him. Uh, I don't think he's a first two-round pick. I'm not sure he should be a top three-round pick, but I know that's going to be somewhat controversial, and there are going to be a lot of people who are really, really into him, and it's easy to see why he's a a really talented running back in an offense that loves to run the ball, that creates a lot of efficient opportunities for running backs. The problem is, can you really envision like 1,320 rushing yards, 19 touchdowns is that pace over the last six games. That would have been good for RB 13 this season because he caught three passes. Lamar Jackson's thrown 101 targets to running backs over the last two seasons. Yeah, but he also was better than RB 13 in that stretch. He was 10th. Right, right. I'm talking about comparing to the whole season. But yeah, sure. He was 10th. But even then, is he really going to do better than 1,320 yards and 19 touchdowns over a full season? 
I don't think so. How is that only RB10? Wow. Because he doesn't catch any passes. He had he's, three he's catches with PPR scoring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he'll be higher. Him and Nick Chubb and a couple other guys will be significantly higher in non PPR. I don't think he's going to be a top 24 pick in PPR. I don't think so either. I, we'll I see think, where the uh, hype gets. I think yeah. Frank, I, I, I think I wish I had Frank Stample on here. I would, uh, I mean, berate he, him. I think he was being a little, you know. Oh, okay. He, he could won. he, could he crack the top 24 on the idea of, I want to get him before anybody else can at the end of round two. And I'm picking again earlier enough in round three that I could see where I'm hey, right, right. You I've don't got the third out. overall pick. I've got my stud running back in round one. I'm going to take a chance on Dobbins in round two. I know that there's going to be a good receiver left for me in round three or a tight end. Just going to go. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see him drafted in round two. In full I don't PPR, think he should, but I think he's going to end up drafted in round two. I just think people are going to run for running backs this year, and they're going to you're going to see that late push in the 15 to 21 over 15 to 24 overall spots once. You know, you because you, you're going to see so many great wide receivers. Like, you know, I think this is what kind of Dave was alluded to with Justin Jefferson. There's going to be so many great wide receivers in Tons. round three. Tons. So many great wide receivers in round four. And you're going to get these guys, especially if Gus Edwards leaves and they move on from Mark Ingram and they just bring in somebody, whether it's young or uh, some veteran type. And you see what J.K. Dobbins can do in the workload that he's getting. We don't know if the offense will evolve at all. You know, they, they went from this run centric dominant offense in 2019 to they tried to improve their passing attack in 2020. And do they have some more of a hybrid version of that in 2021? Or do they go back to what made them the number one seed in the AFC in 2019 and had a more successful season? I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I mean, uh, Greg Roman's not exactly the most uh, uh, flexible play caller. You know, you kind of see what you get with him. And so I, I think it's uh, just kind of one of those things where if he's the lead guy with not a lot of competition, I think he's going to be decent. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb-esque, where you don't have to have a lot of catches to be a great PPR running back. You still be good. You may not be top five good, but you could still be great. And Derrick Henry's proven to be top five good, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's obviously a lot to like about J.K. Dobbins, but the offseason is going to be telling for them. Yeah, who that other running back is that they bring in, if it's Gus, because... It's Mark Ingram has the most carries among anyone on the last two seasons. For an individual season, it was 202. And even in this six-game stretch, Dobbins was on pace for 205. They just haven't treated anyone like a true Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Josh sure, Jacobs. Sure, but you also, you also saw down. what Mark Ingram was last year, and he is a much better player at this point in his career than Mark Ingram is, was last year, and Ingram was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Gus you, is you, a restricted get free a agent, by the way, so he's for sure going to get a good contract for one more year and he'll be the one B by the way. So I think we can say Lamar Jackson's been playing some pretty good football. The Ravens offense has been kind of clicking lately. You know how many, how many attempts, how many pass attempts has he averaged in his last five games? 14. (laughs) (laughs) Double that 28, Uh, 20. Oh, okay. Although surprising. It says be a little bit more than that. He didn't start one of those games. So was that that was the Cleveland the game? game? No, was it the Cleveland game that he didn't start? That I know he left that game, but I thought he started it. No, he didn't play the Pittsburgh game because of COVID. He didn't play yeah. that game, I know, but I'm just looking at his game log. It said five games, four starts. I don't know what that's all about. Oh, he technically didn't start yesterday. I think that oh, okay. I, I think they might have done the same thing the Bills did with Josh Allen yesterday, where uh Josh Allen technically started at quarterback or at wide receiver. Uh, and I saw some speculation that it was to like protect his win loss record or something in case they pulled their starters and got blown out. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's all right. Weird. So 20 pass attempts per game for Lamar Jackson in his last five. Um, all right, Dave, your players that caught your eye, gave you something to think about going into 2021. I'm always interested in who Kyle Shanahan's running back is. And I think Jeff Wilson has shown quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, not necessarily the most efficient game rushing in week 17, but he's catching touchdowns and he's clearly the lead guy. They're giving him a lot of work. Mostert could be a cap casualty this year. The team will save 3 million bucks if they let him go. I wonder if Jeff Wilson is going to be the new flavor of the month slash year in San Francisco's backfield. It's a great, they're so good. I hope they get a better quarterback. Carson Wentz. Wentz makes sense. We're just going to say that. He doesn't really fit that offense, though. 
He makes sense. Probably doesn't fit their cap sheet either. Makes sense though. That's uh, the bigger issue. Dave, yeah, Sam Donald makes a lot of sense there. I'd rather have Garoppolo. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. Dave, Jeff Wilson, and uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, uh, I, you know, it, just the fact that he had that long touchdown. Th- there were flashes of greatness from him this year, and there were flashes of absolute dog sandwich. So I, I think that there's, I think he's got room to really improve. I don't know who his quarterback is going to be next year, but I still view him as a future number one fantasy football receiver. I mean, he he had one big play. I, everybody's gone gaga over him. He's had such a bad rookie year. I'm not he really had, disagreeing, but I just right. I just it was a terrible rookie yeah, year. Yeah, really, because was. the expectations were so high. Like he was in the same breath as Ceedee Lamb, and then both those guys got overshadowed by Jefferson. And Jefferson, in his own right, was a great prospect too. But Judy, just there, there's still going to be evidence that we can highlight of him just running phenomenal routes. It's the hands. I can't get over the hands and the quarterback too. And I wonder if he just wasn't quite like feeling drew lock. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe he was like a little skittish catching passes from lock. And that was why this is me speculating. I'm so excited about that offense next year. I I think it's going to be so much fun. Uh, Lock has the, um, the potential not to the same height because I don't think he's going to get there, but to be like how Josh Allen was where you see progression year one to year two. Uh, I hope there's a bigger leap year two to year three. But you think about what's around him, and Noah Fant hopefully continues to get better. Uh, Judy continues to get better. KJ Hamler is the speed threat. Tim Patrick is the fourth receiver, which I think is pretty impressive as the four. They're going to get Jawan James back at the right tackle after he opted out. Garrett Bowles had an amazing season at left tackle. The interior of the line is all young. And so these guys yeah. all have the chance to grow together. You got to say Cortland Sutton here. Cortland yeah. Sutton. <laughs> Sutton's coming back too. Cortland Sutton. I don't think you. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Excuse me, Cortland Sutton. Yeah. I, I guess I kind of uh, overlooked. You alluded to him. You said Patrick was the fourth receiver, but he never actually said Sutton. So let's just, yeah, just to get that out there. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an exciting offense that has a chance to be special, but Drew's got to catch the ball. I mean, uh, Dave's right. He's always open. I mean, uh, everybody keeps raving about his route running. He almost dropped a wide open two point conversion too. It tipped up in the air and landed in his lap. Um, uh, lock lock has to be better, but you know Judy Judy gives them um, the they have the potential to have two of the best wide receivers, a, a, one of the best wide receiver tandems in the NFL. If those two guys perform and progress as they have the potential to. Okay, so Lavisca Chenault or Jerry Judy next year? Judy Judy's ceiling is much higher. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you my two players. What's that? Wouldn't mind getting both of them. All right. I'm going to give you my two players real quick and give me your thoughts. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. Oh, by the way, Anthony Lynn has been fired. Oh. Yep. That's okay. (laughs) TJ Hawkinson. Just a little throwaway line here. Give me a lot to think about as uh, finishing as a top five tight end, but really uh, not such great numbers. I mean, 723 yards, six six touchdowns. Did almost all of it without Kenny Galladay, although in four games that Galladay played and and finished, he did have uh, three touchdowns but he had just 22 targets in those four games. So I just think, you know, it was so unfortunate. He had a really good year, but he was terrible for fantasy managers down the stretch. Last three games, nine catches for 66 yards combined on 13 targets. So, you know, how high are we going to be, Dave, on TJ Hawkinson going into 2021? Get Eric Bieniemy to Detroit, please. Get him to Detroit so TJ Hawkinson can be a flipping superstar in fantasy. That's that's I mean, look, that's that's the that's what that's the Adam Gase trick. I mean, your guy gets gets Peyton Manning and Julius Thomas. And then you think and then you think that that's going to I'm just saying just because because Travis Kelsey was great. It doesn't mean TJ Hawkinson would. But that's a system that he's running that would lean on a tight end and (laughs) make a tight end a part of the offense. Yeah, Matt Nagy's been trying to do it in Chicago ever since he got there. Are, are you are you high on TJ Hawkinson? Who's his coach? Who's his play caller? It, you're you're, dra- you're drafting tomorrow. Are you high on TJ Hawkinson? No, not as high as I could be. He's a top twelve tight end. Everybody's going to draft him as another yeah. guy. I think the biggest thing is just they need to get back to throwing the ball down the field. That's what they did in 2019. That that made Matt Stafford have such a great 
half season. And, you know, it, it made us think that there was more upside in that offense than there ended up being uh, because Stafford got back to, you know, throwing a lot more short and intermediate routes. And Hawkinson's a guy who can make plays down the field and they, they just haven't used that in his skill set yet. Yeah. It's also, you're going to lose Marvin Jones. He's a free agent. I'm sure he's gone. Uh, is Kenny Galladay back? You know, there, there's a lot that could change with this yep. Lions team. Right. And, and you know, I kind of gave the critical approach to it. He faltered down the stretch, but he also had a really good year. He's a second year guy. He's a top 10, top 10. Uh, he was a first round pick. I don't remember what yep. he was around 11th or something. And uh, yeah, it was top 10. Eight. Eight. Yeah. So um, once you get past like the, the first four tight ends, I'm, I'm going to assume Mark Andrews is still going to be drafted fourth. Then you start to look at who's the next best guy. And he's in that conversation for next best guy. We have to see what happens. Coach, surrounding weapons, all those things. But he's absolutely in that conversation. They could lose their quarterback. Matthew Stafford might not be back in Detroit. I mean, that will change everything for him. Okay, my other guy, I kind of cheated here, went off the board. But I don't know that I was more impressed with anybody this past week than Devontae Smith, Alabama wide receiver, (laughs) player of the year in college. Holy cow, he is incredible. I can't wait for him to be in the NFL. I think he should be, as of right now, I'm going to say it, the number one pick in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, he might be. He might be. There's a lot of conversation. Is, is he better than Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. Yeah. Goodness, it's going to be fun to talk about those guys. And, and think about it, that if you're just comparing schools, the two Alabama receivers and the Alabama quarterback have not performed very well as rookies. The LSU re- receiver, who was not considered the best one, has been an absolute monster. And, and the LSU quarterback, quarterback wasn't so bad either, right? So, you know, a lot of people are going to look at that and make those comparisons. Uh, but yeah, Adam, I'm with you. I think it's going to be fun to see if the Dolphins commit to Tua. And now that they're picking third, one of these two guys make a ton of sense for them if they don't go in the trenches. So if they go skill player... Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase make a ton of sense for Miami because they need something to help Tua, and you would assume, based on the Alabama connection, they'd probably go Smith. I would say they should definitely be considering a quarterback. I I think a lot of people would. And I don't know what to make of Justin Fields. I'm really interested to hear, you know, let's have have like Emory Hunt come on. He's just, he's the man. Uh, Because Fields has looked so, he did not look good in the Big Ten Championship game, but oh my God, he was perfect. Last weekend, he was incredible. He was probably better than Devontae Smith. Those two guys were amazing. Um, All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Fantasy Awards, the MVP, the biggest bust, the Rookie of the Year. That's a tough one this year. The best waiver wire pickup, the worst waiver wire pickup, and the one-week performance of the year, which is really easy, by the way. We'll tell you the nominees. We're going to figure out the nominees. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hey, it's awards time. All right, let's rock and roll here. So each of us had to come up with at least two nominees for each category, and we'll narrow it down. Ben, what are we going to settle on? A top four at each? Yeah, we'll go top four. Okay. Fantasy MVP. Uh, Jamie, why don't you start? Who's the, who are your nominees for fantasy MVP? Aaron Rodgers and James Robinson. Uh, Rodgers uh, being drafted near the bottom of the top 12 or in a lot of cases outside the top 12 and just performing the way that he did. I obviously thought he was going to have a bad season. I don't think I was alone in that regard, but I'll speak for myself that I didn't expect him to play like this. I didn't think he could play like this ever again. And what he was able to accomplish, what he uh, was able to accomplish with Devontae Adams, who can make cases of fantasy MVP as well, um, is just absolutely remarkable. He is the NFL MVP as well. Uh, and then James Robinson, you know, again, I think we were one of the first uh, um, people in the industry, uh, podcasts, um, you know, it's a credit to Pete Prisco. And I'll go back to my, my friend, Mark Long, who covers the Jaguars, the Associated Press. Uh, the two of them very much from before Leonard Fournette was released, immediately after Leonard Fournette was released. This is the guy you got to go get. And, you know, I hope we helped a lot of people in that regard by telling you to draft James Robinson and he was special for the majority of his rookie campaign. 
Okay, did anybody have... I also had Aaron Rodgers. I did not have James Robinson as one of my two nominees. Did anybody have different names? Yeah, I have four names. Oh, wow. Extra credit. And Bro- Rodgers and Robinson were two of them. The other two were right. Bills players. Josh okay. Allen and Dawson Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Allen and Diggs, I think they deserve to be nominated. I don't think they're going to win, but they were both... Um, Amazing values on draft day. Not quite as good as Rodgers and Robinson, but very good. Okay, Chris? Uh, David Montgomery. RB4 for the season. Absolute stud in the playoffs. Helped If you had him on your team and you made the championship, you almost certainly won because of how good he was. Uh, he was the 80th pick in CBS Fantasy Leagues coming into the season. He was, he was like RB30 he got hurt. or something. He, what was that? He was hurt going into. Yeah, the he game. was hurt before. Yeah, he was hurt in week one. I don't think he played week one, did he? But he he went behind Leonard Fournette, Cam Akers, Devin Singletary, J.K. Dobbins, Tree Cohen. He was better than all of them by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say David Montgomery helped a lot of people. But there, did you have another? When you talk about value, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He did play week one. Did you have another nominee, or that was the, your different one? James Robinson. Was James my Robinson. One. Okay, my I had Waller. Uh, round six pick sure. scored 45 more points than tight end three and non PPR scored 104 more points than tight end three in PPR 104. That's amazing. Um, and good value on Waller. And also he was really good in the fantasy postseason. He scored 14, 30 and 16 PPR fantasy points. The reason why I didn't go with James Robinson guys is because he missed week 16. So I hate to yeah. uh, penalize him too much, but that's why he didn't make my top two. Um, but I guess he should definitely be in our top four. All right, so Aaron Rodgers and James Robinson are definitely in. Then let's pick two more between Waller, Allen, Diggs, and Montgomery. Schrager, you want to you kind of have the final say here? Yeah, let's go one quarterback. Let's make Rodgers the quarterback, and yeah, I like Waller. two quarterbacks. And I think Montgomery's a good case. Okay, so that's James Robinson, Aaron Rodgers, Darren Waller, and David Montgomery. All right, I like it. Uh, Dave, I'm going to throw to you first here. Biggest bust, who were your nominees? So I had a hard time coming up with the biggest bust who played 16 games. I know that injury shouldn't be taken into account, but I'm, I'm putting it in there. And to that regard, I think Michael Thomas is the biggest bust because when he did play, he had a couple of great games. He didn't score a touchdown. There were games where he didn't get the target volume early in the year where he didn't get the target volume that we thought he was going to get. And then you had to wait for him to come back, not once, but twice. And it was frustrating to have him. He was a first round pick in a lot of leagues. He was inside the top five. Uh, he, he's my biggest candidate to be a biggest bust, even though I'm dinging him for, for missing time. And I know that's not the other thing to do. And then the other one's pretty obvious. He didn't obvious. play with Reed, though, half that time too. I know. And so it was problematic for people who counted on him to be that superstar target getter that he was the past two years. Ezekiel Elliott is the other one. There were people that were fed up with him. They weren't sure when to start him. Week 16 was one of those times where no one was sure what to do with Ezekiel Elliott, and then he ended up having a great game. Okay. He was so... I thought about Zeke, but he was just so good for the first five weeks of the season that I I couldn't quite put him there. Um, I understand. All right, uh, Chris, who were your top two biggest busts? Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley were top 32 picks this season in CBS Fantasy Leagues. Uh, Gurley was... Decent for like nine weeks. Uh, and those are two guys who didn't get hurt. They were just, you know, Gurley, especially down the stretch. If you had him in your lineup after I think week 10, he combined for like 16 points <laughs> from week 10 to week six, uh, maybe 22. Uh, it was a really low number and he only missed one of those games. And then obviously Le'Veon Bell just, yes, he got hurt, but once he got he landed with the Chiefs, there was some hope that maybe it would revitalize him. He was a, a non-factor even when we thought he would be good. Mm-hmm. I had Le'Veon Bell as well. Uh, I had Clyde Edwards-Elair. I think he's the biggest bust. He's on my list. Yeah, yep. and, and you know what? The biggest the biggest reason he was the, the Week 13 game um, when he didn't play, and it was Sunday night, and you probably started him because you got the report that he was going to play, and he fooled you. And he screwed you like really bad. Just did not play. So I had Bell and Edward Zelair. Chris had Bell and Gurley. Dave had Thomas and Elliot. Jamie, who are your biggest busts? 
Well, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he was uh, not a good fantasy quarterback for the majority of the season based on where he was drafted as the number one guy as a first-round pick, which we told you could be the potential of him faltering and don't take a quarterback in round one. So he's the easiest choice to me. And then Ezekiel Elliott was the second one. Um, it, it is a little unfair to uh, put it all on him because of his quarterback going down in week five and his offensive line falling apart. But uh, I think Dave said it best. You know, A lot of people were still trusting him and he kept letting us down and other quarterback other running backs have had things around them go poorly and still performed a little bit more adequately than what zeke was but based on where his draft capital started and the way that he finished it was a disappointing season for him so those are my two choices and he was picked ahead of thomas he was picked ahead of edwards elair he entered last week in as rb 15 in ppr points per game and i just i feel like there were fantasy managers who were starting him just because, well, I took him with the first over with my first pick, I got to keep him in my lineup, right? And then there were people who just, yeah, like I said, week 16, you didn't know what to do because he was coming off a game that he missed and Tony Pollard was on fire. I I, I just think he was a headache. He was, he yeah, was a problem. For sure. Yeah, but he was a lot better than Clyde Edwards Elair. And they're kind of the same, right? Because Edwards Elair got off to a really good start. And well, then th- it was, there, there it were was definitely weeks where you didn't good. know what to do with Edwards Elair. It was good. It, it wasn't amazing because he only scored um, one touchdown, I think, in those first six games. So in the first six games before Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards Elair was 18th in non PPR, 17th in 17th PPR per game. Overall, he was better than that. He was uh, 12th, but per game he was like 18th. Um, all right, so so Ben, I think we got to have Zeke on there. And I think we probably got to have Le'Veon Bell on there. I think you got to have Edward Zeller. It sounds like we got to have Clyde Edward Zeller on there. So who's our fourth? Yeah, it comes down to Gurley, Michael Thomas, and Lamar Jackson. And I think Lamar played too well down the stretch, and Michael Thomas had too many excuses. So we'll go Gurley. Okay, I like that. Um, Rookie of the year. If we're looking for a top, I think we can just kind of... Chris pointed out on FFT at five, if your first name started with a J... Yeah. You're one of the rookies of the year. James Robinson, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor. Cool? Yeah. I'm not going to argue. Yeah, that's got to be the list. We'll let the people vote uh, on And it. you could throw in J.K. Dobbins as an honorable one. <laughs> I love it. That's Joe really Burrow Jerry Judy. Who? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. This is, this is kind of weird. <laughs> Six J's. How about that? All right. Best, best and worst waiver wire pickup were, were tough. Um, Chris, I'll give you the first word. Best waiver wire pickup. Who are your nominees? If your name started with a J and you were a rookie, you were one of the best waiver wire pickups in 2020. I have Justin Herbert and James Robinson. All right. Robinson, but, I, I don't think I want on there. He was 69. It's iffy. He was 69% rostered so after, after week up. one. Going into week one, he was... I, I looked up Jamie's uh, waiver wire column. He was like 9% owned or rostered as of like Sunday of heading into week one. However, like 45% of CBS fantasy drafts happened between Monday and Thursday. So he was probably closer to like 50 to 60% rostered by this, this, kick. This is one where it's us versus the world, because I think for our leagues, he was drafted in that final stretch of game, final stretch of days before the season started. We did see a lot of James Robinson save me my fantasy season from other sites. Now, well, that was maybe, I, but I will tell you, but I looked at my notes from week one waiver wire, I guess, like going into week two, and he was 69% rostered. So I'll let you guys decide. Is James Robinson? That's what I'm saying. I don't think for us it it qualifies, but okay. I do think for other sites, they were chasing James Robinson. He could win MVP and he could win rookie of the year. So we can keep him out of <laughs> yeah. waiver wire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think Jamie's right. I think he was around 50% on other sites after week one. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to like this. The awards would be sponsored by James Robinson, I think, if we gave him too many. All right. So I'm sorry. You said James Robinson and Justin Herbert. Okay. Uh, uh, should we do biggest bust for 2021, James Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Dave, who are your nominees for best waiver wire pickup? Those were my first two names, but I have like eight names. The, the next two, I'll only give two: Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis. Davis saved people, man. Like as the replacement for Christian McCaffrey, I know that there were several weeks toward the end of the season. Basically, he had two halves of the year where the first half, he was amazing. He was a must-start fantasy running back. And then the second half, not quite as good, but he absolutely filled in a gap. If you had Christian McCaffrey or if you had Saquon Barkley, or if you just needed a running back in general and miles Gaskin, man, like finish strong, 
was the lead guy for the Dolphins when he played and had some really good numbers and was, I think, pretty consistent. I forgot about him. That's a good call. He was a must-start when he played. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That that was one of a handful of guys that we would have been on top of if there were preseason games. Uh, Jamie... Mike Davis, Miles, did you have any other names? We got Gaskin, Davis. Yeah, I, I'll give I my names. I'll give my names after everybody else, just in I case. I went for two guys that helped you in the uh, playoffs, more specifically in Week 16, which were Jeff Wilson and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I was looking at um, the email from Frank Oliarchik about the players that were started in most championship games, and those two guys were in the top 15, I believe. And so Hurts, while he did not have a great Week 16, I'm sure he helped a lot of people in the semifinals with his 43 point performance when we said start him and then even though he didn't have a monster game he still was uh, at least for me helped me win a couple championships because he was a starting quarterback but also jeff wilson um conversely enough i appreciate dave dropping jeff wilson in our championship round because he didn't play him and i was able to beat him without <laughs> jeff wilson on his roster it's uh, true yeah i had wilson but yeah, that was done good names these are good but names i don't have a good excuse tough calls uh we can throw out some more just, I mean, well, doesn't it have to be Justin Jefferson. He was, I think, he was like sixty to seventy percent drafted. He was thir- okay, but he was thirty nine percent rostered after his week three game. Yeah, so, you have you have a few guys that fall into like a weird category of Justin Jefferson, Cam Akers, you know, guys that were drafted and dropped, um, you know, that were picked up. Dobbins. Along- it's, just, it's just the nature of how it you know unfolds for some of these guys, especially younger players. So should we not include them for the sake of this? Argument. No, I think you can include could. him, but I don't think they'll win. Justin Jefferson, a top seven wide receiver, got off the waiver yeah. wire. I think he wins. Uh, Robbie Anderson I had, Robert Tunyon, yeah. Logan Thomas, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, uh, uh, Fulgham. Uh, yeah, these are... T- what, what do we got, Ben? What do you think? Do you want a couple more? Yeah. Brandon Ayuk. I didn't hear yep. his name. Mm. Corey Davis. I didn't hear oh, his name. That's a good I one. went back and looked at our notes. He was 10% rostered after week one. It's a really good one. Ben, what do you think? This is hard. This is really hard. This is tough. I think Mike Davis and Gaskin are locks. And since we're including Justin Jefferson, he's a lock too. But Justin Herbert, Jeff Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, what, where do we fall on those three? Herbert's got to be in Herbert. there. Yeah, I think Herbert's got to be there. Yeah. All right, we got it. Herbert, Davis, Gaskin, and Jefferson. Okay. Solid. Worst. How about this for, sorry, yeah. just how about this for Mike Davis to help his case? Combine him and Christian McCaffrey's production because they basically, you know, played 15 games total. 298.8 PPR points. That was good for fourth among running backs. All right. That's great. Um, the waiver wire, the worst waiver wire pickup. I found this to be very I got my guy. All right. Go ahead. Who you got? Naheem Hines. <laughs> That's a we good were one. crazy about him after week one. He stunk after week one. And then he came back and he had two touchdowns in week eight. Then he stunk in week nine. Then he came back in week 10 with a big game. Then he stunk after that. Three different times this year, he made the waiver wire list. And he was either first or second in week one. And he just got tailored. He got <laughs> ran over by the J train over in, in Indianapolis. Okay, that, that one's definitely got to make the list. Did you have two or just, just Hines? I've got a bunch, but I'll wait till the end okay. to give the rest. Uh, Chris? Uh, I'm going with week 10 Duke Johnson when he started for David Johnson and had 54 rushing yards and no catches or touchdowns. Um, And Alexander Madison, Alexander Madison, chalk week, week six. This is what we've been waiting for. Alexander Madison. We told you he's a must start guy. If he ever gets the opportunity, he had 26 rushing yards and four receiving yards on one catch with no touchdowns. Yeah, miserable game. Great call there. I stole that one from you. I went with him, and I couldn't think of anyone. So I went with Scotty Miller in week five. Who He's had, on my list. Yep. Yeah, he was 30% rostered. He was only 8% started. So I just don't think he can quite make it. But he had no catches. He had 83 yards and a touchdown the week before. No Chris Godwin in that game. Thursday night game. I remember starting, uh, Thursday night game, yeah. starting Scotty Miller. Zero targets in that game. Jamie, <laughs> worst waiver wire pickups. Uh, I went with Duke Johnson in week 10 also. And then uh, Jordan Wilkins uh, after his week eight game was uh, that was at the point where Jonathan Taylor was struggling. We didn't know what was going to happen there. And Wilkins had the 20 carry performance against Detroit. Uh, It was also the same game. Nine Hines had the two touchdowns. And so 
it was, uh, okay, maybe Wilkins is taking over, not to start him, but to pick him up. And he was just uh, a joke afterwards. Okay, this, this is good stuff here. You want a few more? Yeah. Benny Snell after week one. Because James Conner wasn't getting a whole lot of work. Going. And that was, I think Benny Snell and Naheem Hines were the two names that led Jamie's column going into week two. Probably so. Right. So Connor got hurt in week one, but then he made it back for week two, right? I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that and then uh, and then Carlos Hyde after week seven. <laughs> he was this uh, big time performer, but we weren't sure if he was going to play. He was inactive the next three games <laughs> after we were talking about him as, yeah, he could be someone to pick up at running back, lead the Seahawks run game. I think Carson was beat up at that time. And one that I particularly relish is Jameis Winston. Oh, uh, yeah. The Tuesday, the Tuesday after yeah. Drew Brees got hurt, he had a punctured lung and fractured ribs. And, oh, yeah, it's going to be Jameis Winston. Got to be the guy. Got the matchup against Atlanta. And uh, he didn't even start. Amazing. That's a great call. Yeah. All right. So Ma- Madison has to be on there. I'm pretty convinced that James. Oh, Madison. I thought Madison was, was too rostered. No. Do we do we know what the percentage was? I can tell you. Give me I'm a minute. I'm pretty sure he was the the lead of that's yeah. Let me see. He, yeah, he might have been under sixty five percent at that point. Okay, uh, but Schrager, what do we got? Who, who's your top four here? Hines, Madison, Duke Johnson, and <laughs> Jameis Winston. I can't believe we all forgot about him, Dave. That was a great call. So <laughs> those four, if Madison qualifies, otherwise maybe Wilkins. I'm going to tell you right now. A lot Madison, of guys that I did not want. Madison on that Tuesday. Madison was 72%. Oh, he was 72%. So. Ooh. Oh, no. Okay, we have like to get it. rid of him. Yeah. To get rid of him. All right, ben. All right, Wilkins or Benny Snell? No, Hines? Hines, Hines is a lot. Hines made it. Okay. All right, I wasn't sure. Uh, I would say Snell. That week one, one storyline was big. Yeah, I mean that was like the the because that was the the first game of the season, right? That was the yeah. island game, and so the yeah the one of the con- two, there was the two Monday night games that night. Yeah, the big conversation mm-hmm. was, wow, Benny Snell looks a lot better than James Conner. He's yes, coming he for did. that job. Mm-hmm. All right, I like it. One week performance of the year. Our final category. I, I mean, I have two that these these have to be the two, but I'll just I'll let you guys go instead. Jamie, I bet wanna- we have the same two. Okay. Uh, all right, Jamie. I'll let you start though. Jamie, who, what are your two? One week performance. Uh, you, you mentioned them as a bust. It was uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire week one. We thought, okay, this is the start oh. of the big season coming. And he had 19 fantasy points in that game. He looked like he was going to be the second coming of Jamal Charles and Damian Williams in his peak, and Christian Okoye and every great Chiefs running back we've ever seen, and every great Andy Reid running back we've ever seen. It looked like it was the start of something special, and it was basically downhill from there. Okay. What else? I just I was just because I was looking at this uh, and it kind of tied into the waiver wire stuff because we thought he was going to be somebody that could help you was Marcus Mariota's 27 points in week 15 hmm. when he looked like he was going to be a potential difference maker in the playoffs and didn't even play the next week. Okay, Dave, you think you got the same ones that I have? Didn't Alvin Kamara have six touchdowns yes. in week 16? <laughs> yes. So I think Jamie and I read this differently than you two. Oh, like one what? hit wonder performance? Yeah. yeah, I think Jamie and I oh. both looked at it as one hit wonder. Yeah. Ben, well, Ben, what's the ruling? What's the category? That's what we did last year, actually. One hit wonder. So let's pivot to that. Oh, crap. I have nothing for that. Yeah, neither do I. I don't, I've I got like, one. I like the other category better. Like, we're celebrating. Can we could just go top point scorer. That's super no, easy to find. No, because yeah. Alvin Kamara scoring six touchdowns in your championship week is but that's gonna poetic. Win, right, but, but they should win. That's what's going to win. It should and win. also, it's, it's Alvin Kamara. Like, of course, he had a huge game. All right. Okay, fine. Does. So, one week, one hit wonder of the, of the I'll year? I'll help you out, Adam. Guy who you started for probably nine straight weeks after a giant performance at wide receiver? Oh, Tyler Lockett? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, so, Dave, what was the other one you had? Tyreek Hill? Yeah. At Tampa Bay? Yeah, like, yeah, that was amazing going up against Carlton Davis and smoking him for 200 yards in the first quarter. Uh, but okay, okay. We'll do it the other way. So, Clyde Edwards either in week, in week one, uh, Mariota, uh, Tyler Lockett. Chris, what were your nominees? Sorry, I just got distracted by the fact that Tyler Lockett finished as wide receiver eight. Yeah, oh this is the difference between total scoring and week to week consistency. Right, right, right. Even PPR points per game, points he was twelfth. Well, when he you throw in a, a fifty passes. and a thirty, yeah. that's shocking. <laughs> right, right, right. But did he have a? He had almost a hundred catches, right? He set a Seahawks record for catches. 
Um, he was good. He had a hundred catches. Like that is shocking to me. You don't expect that from Tyler Lockett, and uh, that is fifth most in the NFL, tied with Keenan Allen. Um, all right, uh, sorry. Now back to it, Chris. What were your nominees for this category? Richie James in Week Nine, nine catches, 184 yards, and a touchdown, 33.4 PPR points. Great. And Tony Pollard, uh, Week 13, 14. One. Uh, 69 rushing yards, two touchdowns, six catches, 63 yards, 31.2 PPR points. Was that 14 or 15? I think it was week 14. 15. Mm-mm. Week yeah, 15, you're, you're, right. you're right. It was 30 15. fantasy points in PPR. Yep. I can't argue with any of these. I don't, I don't think I can top them off the top of my head. I don't think I can top them either, but Joe Burrow in that game against Cleveland, it was week seven. Oh, I got a good and one. I think we liked him going into what that What about game. Baker in that game against Cincinnati? Yeah, that's a good point. I was like going to say... quarterbacks in that game. Beckham against Cleveland against Dallas was great. Uh, oh yeah, and I don't know if this. I don't know how you feel about this one. Joe Mixon was having such a bad year, facing yep. a Jaguars run defense that we were like, they have a really good run defense, <laughs> and then he went off <laughs> that week, and That's it was yeah. I so saw that. That's a great mind, one, Joe Mixon. Uh, all right, are we good here? We, uh, you got enough? <laughs> what man? about Benny Week one, that wasn't that good. It wasn't quite good enough. Mixon's a really good call because every time I sort by PPR points per game, he's 10th. Yeah. And it was really, he had one good game. <laughs> yeah. He was not like, he he had 15 PPR points in one other game, but it was 42 in that game and like 90 in the, 60 in the rest of them. He's got a chance to bounce back in such a huge way. This next is year. why you never sit your studs. How many times did we hear that after that? Game? I think for next year, you guys should call this uh, the Jonah Gray category. Uh, <laughs> yes, that would, that would have helped. All right, Ben, uh, what do we got here? What are our top four? All right. Top three is a lock. Tyler Lockett, OBJ and Mixon. The fourth spot. Do we go Clyde week one or Tony Pollard week 15? Pollard. I don't know that you need people, Beckham on People there. picked up and used Pollard that week, and he came through. Uh, yeah. yeah. Week 16 was kind of a fooled you performance, too. Yeah. And, it was, and it was that one run at the end, the 40-yard yeah. touchdown run. He was more or less kept in check. Okay, um, that's good stuff. Thank you, guys. We'll Go vote on our Facebook page. Should, uh, shouldn't we have some Taysom Hill somewhere in Best Way Wire pickup, too? He's fine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was well. He who was the nominees that we had back while he started, right? Yeah, he was pretty damn good. But was we have he Herbert Davis, yeah. Gaskin, Jefferson. I don't, One thing about I don't Gaskin think he is he missed three enough. games. He missed yeah. five games in the in the middle of the season that were pretty crucial. Yeah, I mean, he basically just came back for the championship, right? Like I, the thing about like Gaskin was good when he played, but you had three weeks with the knee injury was on IR, and then two weeks with COVID, and there were so many questions about playing in week 16. I wonder what his start percentage was in the championship round. He had uh, nine games with 10 or more non PPR fantasy points. All right. I, I think Chris, his track excellent. record is better than Taysom Hills. Chris, I don't, I don't think how could Taysom Hill have been a top three quarterback? He wasn't that I mean, maybe good. he was top five. I was just saying things at him. Well, you can't just say <laughs> that this is an award show. Uh, that's like that. I mean, that's like when people say that, uh, that movie that's so mediocre, that one best picture is actually good. What was the name of that movie, Chris? Crash? Terminator 2. No, the recent one about the Parasite. Oh, oh you, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, you didn't like... Oh, you're, so you're just average. wrong on that. That's a fine You're movie. just wrong. It was fine. You know. <laughs> it, was Taysom, it was Taysom Hill. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Okay. The other thing about I'm Taysom Hill, too, is on certain sites for Taysom Hill... He was a tight end oh, that week. Right. That was a big deal. He did sort oh, of yeah. break fantasy football. Somewhere. He's on there. He's yeah. over okay. guys. Should he be, shouldn't he belong in the one week performance no. category instead of the no. waiver wire? He had four weeks, four weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think Gaskin like Gas, Gaskin was Gaskin was great, but he he let let you down for five really important weeks. I just I completely disagree. And nobody know, started him really the there? first two. Right, he wasn't started until about like week five or six. It's funny okay, we so could still got we could easily really games out of him. get five names in there, but we're just we're just not doing it. But I think Taysom Hill is a good call. I think he's too important a, a part of the 2020 storyline to leave off the right. award show. And Miles Gaskin 
isn't. Isn't there's no comparison? No, I don't think so. There's absolutely a comparison Taysom about was, what was more important and what was more. What was more impactful? A running back that you found off the waiver wire that hurt you for twenty nine weeks, or Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill like the who, who we, the, wasn't even on our radar until the end of the point. There were four games of him, and he wasn't even dominant when he was doing. He was good. Taysom Hill wasn't. I mean, it is. It is worth pointing out. Taysom Hill wasn't. A waiver wire pickup. <laughs> if you have uh, he was just drop. one sure. run on Tuesday, because nobody picked him up on Tuesday. I'm not denying that he wasn't a good pickup, but he's not one of the top four pickups of the year. I, I mean, Dave has a point. Gaskin definitely had a bigger fantasy. Impact. It doesn't matter. I mean, we named so many guys that, that were important for, for fantasy. We're talking about something that people were excited All about. Right, I'm making an executive decision. How is that not part I'm of I'm making list? an executive decision, Ben. Five players for that category. We'll go five. Let's do it. All right. All right. We're going to finish the show with and your let's emails. Let's see who gets more votes between Hill and Gaskin. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. This one's from Reed. Let's do these quickly, guys. I was offered Alvin Kamara for DeAndre Swift and pick 110 in Dynasty. Do I take it? Or 1.10, however you want to say it. Tenth pick of the first round. So you give up Swift, Swift in the tenth pick, you get Kamara. Do you do it? Easy. Yeah. Yes. This is from Chris, dear Jimmy, Nick, CJ, and Josh. 49ers quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, 12 team, P- half PPR. Keep two. McCaffrey, Metcalf, Eckler, Kittle. Pick two. Oh, Gaffrey, so, Metcalf. Really, Metcalf? I have Metcalf ranked fourth out of this group. Hmm. McCaffrey's easy. McCaffrey's easy. McCaffrey's the easy call, yeah. I I could see myself pivoting to Eckler if I like how his situation shakes out during the offseason. But if I'm making the decision right now, it's Metcalf. What I really like about picking Eckler or Kittle, frankly, is just that if you pick Eckler and McCaffrey, you just don't have to worry about running back for a while. And that's kind of how I want to draft this year. I want like two running backs in my first three picks, and then I just don't want to think about it. You want to set it and forget it. Yeah. All right, Ryan from a city in southeastern Ontario. Dave, you're familiar with the area. Um, Pugsville. Dear Mac, Charlie, and Dennis. It's always sandwich in Philadelphia. 12-team, five-keeper league. How are you not laughing at that? Now Jimmy? you're hating on the TV show. <laughs> Keep What's fu- next? You're going to say Rocky is a terrible film series? I might. I, I hate them so much right now. Are you ever going to eat a cheesesteak again? It's gonna be. It's gonna take a while for me to get over. Is the this. Liberty Bell overrated? <laughs> Do you know that Peterson said he was gonna play Sudfeld in the game? Yeah, I said didn't. That I didn't know that at the time. But he, Alan Crisp. I thought what he said was that if they had the right situation for him. So well, that was the right situation for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, it's like you have to evaluate Jalen Hurts there. That's what you have to do. You have to see how he does in the fourth quarter of a three-point game against a good defense against your divisional rival. That's what you. Why? Why? Because he's going to be your quarterback next year. That's why. If you were going to evaluate Sudfeld, you would start Sudfeld for the game. I think they did not. I'm sorry to say this about Sudfeld, but they didn't need to evaluate him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Keep five of these guys. Dalvin Cook in the first. Hopkins in the second. Metcalf in the third. A.J. Brown in the fourth. Mixon in the fifth. Josh Allen in the sixth. Ronald Jones in the seventh. Miles Gaskin and Cortland Sutton in the 16th round. Okay, not easy here. Let's let's say that AJ Brown in the fourth is a is a yes. Yeah, non PPR. Mm-hmm. Um, Mixon in the fifth. Or we'll come back mm-hmm. to that. Dalvin Cook in the first. I think I picked keep the first four. Hopkins in the second. Metcalf in the third. How Brown do you throw back Josh Allen? He's keeping four. Yep. Brown, Allen, Dalvin, and... Don't forget about Gaskin and Sutton in the 16th round. Yeah, I was going to say, Gaskin, I don't know if he's he's a starter next year. If he's a starter next year, that's easy. But we don't know. Right. But we know Sutton will be. Right. So it's between those two, depending on when he has to make the decision. I think it's Sutton. Uh, From Tom, I traded James Robinson and Devin Singletary and a second-round pick. For Austin Eckler, Jalen Rager, and a fourth round pick in a PPR Dynasty League. <clears throat> Was this a good move? Gave up James Robinson, Singletary, and a second round pick 
for Eckler, Rager, and a fourth round pick. PPR. Dynasty. Feels like a wash. I like it. I think I like it. The most likely outcome is Eckler's the only impact player among that. Not well, James Robinson? Robinson, I guess, yeah. Rager um, could be, too. I'm, like, I'm not ready to write off Rager after this year. Right. But we just... Uh, Robinson's going to be the most popular bus candidate across the board because he came out of nowhere and his situation's definitely going to change in Jacksonville. Yeah, but it could change for the better, though. Just could be a lot better. I don't... If Do more you see him teams, being the guy for like three plus years there? All I know is if more teams did what the Eagles did last night, we'd have oh. ping pong balls and a lottery system. It was disgusting. It was a disgrace to sports. Why? Don't do that. You don't do you don't quit the game in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter. You don't what quit. If, what if like quit four other players. teams did that? Four other teams did that yesterday. Who? But 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 just just look at the wait, Buffalo. Wait, 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 Pittsburgh. No, basically did no, it for the last no, couple of weeks. No, no, just look at the Bills. No, just look at no, the Bills. No, Buffalo, no, Pittsburgh, no, Kansas City. Oh my God, they wanted to no, pull their quarterback you can't and they put in Matt Barkley. And Barkley was 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 playing on, very well. Hold on, hold on. You can't be that dumb to put the teams that were resting their starters for playoff oh, games the oh, following week. You can't be that dumb to suggest that the backup quarterback underestimate how dumb I can play better because the backup could have played better. The backup this Nate Sudfeld was not going to play better than Jalen Hurts. There's no chance. And Matt Barkley wasn't going to play better than Josh Allen, but he played just as well. It doesn't matter. It, it does not what do you matter. Mean, First of all, came Matt in Barkley well. is a veteran quarterback. Played. No, Nate Sud- there was no reason to do that. Your team lost out in the playoffs. No, there was no Adam, reason to do that. Else. It's not a bad decision. No, it was a Adam, terrible the decision. Jets, and and the Eagle, Jets it was a terrible kept decision. Adam Gase as their coach for 16 <laughs> games. <laughs> it was a terrible decision, and and oh, and it's almost unanimous across the sports industry. Like, I, you're just being devil's advocate right now, Jamie. Uh, actually, you're just being an antagonist. It, it was it was a disgraceful decision, and he quit on his team, it's and he quit on his players. They should quit on him. He deserves to be quit on by well, his what players. What if it came from the top? On, then they should quit on the front office because it did come from the top. It's probably I'm probably no. I'm my, talking higher than the front office. The, Whatever. The yeah, Jaguars. It, the Jaguars. They probably made Peterson do it. Came from God. The Jaguars <laughs> benched. <laughs> The Jaguars benched their best quarterback. For, yeah, like, but they did it in week seventeen. Also, when they had like so, they, yeah, they just did. don't like. They just Gardner don't Minshew like. Gardner Minshew was healthy and available, and they started Mike Glennon. I know, right. I know. But what I'm saying is, Not like, they that. Gardner Minshew was healthy and available, and they played Jake Luton. They could have gone back to Minshew in week seventeen when they didn't have anything to lose, but they didn't. So they just don't like Minshew as much as we like Minshew. That's pretty obvious to me. Oh, that's well, very they, obvious, <laughs> right? So, like, 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 like I, I saw. I was like, okay, they really like don't want to win here, but. They could have gone back to Minshew in week 17, but they, they, they were locked into the one seed or the one pick. So they could have done that, but they didn't. So they like, but we you're, think- you're saying that this is, this is a terrible thing and, yeah, and, it was. and bad for, bad for the sport. He said at the beginning of the week, he's going to play Nate Sudfeld. No, he didn't point. say he, he said if the situation was right. And if you really want to evaluate talking about a, a coach quarter- who was a backup quarterback himself that wanted to give a guy a chance. They're to already giving a backup quarterback a chance. They're and, trying to. Oh, that's, that's their Hold start. on. That's yes, I know. That, doesn't it mean anything that Jalen Hurts started was Daniel Jones for 16 games? No, they didn't, Chris. He started he for 14 hurt. games and they pulled him when they didn't think he was giving them the best chance to win. They started Colt McCoy that one game or the, you know, one game where he was at or Jones was. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Um, no, that's completely different. It was a terrible decision. It was a disgrace. I will never eat a cheesesteak. Well, to be a few months before I eat a cheesesteak again. And the Liberty Bell sucks. Okay, we're out of here. Um, <laughs> goodbye. Did you root for uh, Drago? Bruce Arians, by the way, said Mike Evans is, if he's 80% healthy, he's playing. Okay, great. Did I root for Drago? Is that what you asked me? Yeah. Uh, no, but I used to. Now you will. I probably will. Adam hates Adam hates the roots. He's never listened to Hall and Oates again. <laughs> I didn't know they were playing an album. That's it's going to be butter on his bagel from now on. <laughs> That's, goodbye. Sandwich.